Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. When we find ourselves in the midst of a battle, we need to remember it's not about the size or strength of the enemy, but victory comes as we keep our eyes on the Lord and follow His instructions on how we are to battle in the midst of it. part one of Cheryl's message titled, Effective Warfare. You know, years ago, my son, Char, we had this, well, Char was all of three years old, and we had a two-year-old come to our house, and the two-year-old kept taking Char's toys, and Char would walk up to him and go, not safe for babies, and take it away, and it just kept doing it over and over again, not safe for babies, and take these weapons away from him. And that's what the Lord does with us. Not safe for you. You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and Judas came with the Roman soldiers and with the temple guards with their torches and lanterns and weapons to arrest Jesus, Peter took the sword out of his sheath and just began to madly strike out. And he was so ineffective. All he did was lop off the ear of the high priest servant. He didn't stop. He just made it more confusing. And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put your sword back in the sheath. He who takes up the sword will die by the sword. That's not how we fight. That's obviously it's not effective. It did nothing. In fact, what it did is it brought Peter into harm's way. And if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus healed Malchus' ear, Peter would have been arrested that night too. And the Lord wanted to fight the fight for Peter. He wanted to go alone to Calvary to fight for us. But sometimes as believers, we take the weapons of the enemy and we try to use those. And when we use the weapons of the enemy, we are so ineffective in this warfare. We don't get the promises. We just bring confusion. We just bring chaos. We just make more problems for Jesus. So we do. Well, this was a bigger mess than I intended, but that's how we are. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, and you know these scriptures, Paul says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You know, the other day, 
the Lord spoke to me so strongly. He said, Cheryl, I don't need you to defend me. You're like, what? Yeah, I'm always like, what'd you say about Jesus? You know, don't you dare say that about Jesus. And Lord says, you know what? I don't need you to defend me. Just like I didn't need Peter to defend me. I need you to obey me. I need you to go forward. You see, sometimes we take these defensive positions instead of simply going forward in the word of God and with the gospel that we have. You know, the enemy aligns against us and we want to take these defensive positions instead of these offensive, and I don't mean being, you know, rude. I mean going forth with the gospel. We've got the greatest message of all. We've got the word of God. We need to go forward with what God has given us. You see, our victory, our inheritance in the promises, it's not predicated on who's got the bigger forces. You know, how many are in the enemy camp versus how many are in the Jesus camp? Doesn't make a difference. God has always dealt with the remnants. Remember Gideon's army? But the Lord, he kept making Gideon's army smaller and smaller. There were 10,000 against 100,000. And God says, your army's too big. Because you'll say it was the size of the force. I'm going to have to reduce you and reduce you. And then when it comes to the weaponry, I'm sure Gideon was hoping for like some really big things like chariots. And God says, take a torch, take a pot, and take a sword. This is all you need to fight this great big horde. Because it's not predicated on who's got more people in their army. Neither is it predicated on who's got the better strategy. But the enemy's got the good plans. They've got geniuses that work on these lies and on their strategies. You know, they're they're going out. They know how to get the kids and they know how to just influence. And look at our plans. Look at our plans. This is our playbook. This is our instructions. And sometimes we think that the enemy has the better strategy, but God's got the best strategy. And it's not about who's got the better weapons. Well, it actually is, but you see, we have the better weapons. But sometimes we look at the world's weapons and go, they've got the chariots. You know, they've got the big chariots. They've got the tanks. And what do we have? We have love. We've got grace. We can't even be mean to them. Or who has the most fighting experience? They've got the cavalry. I keep saying cavalry. No, we've got cavalry. They've got the cavalry. They had men on horses who were experienced. They knew what they were doing. Riders. So sometimes they're like, "They, they know how to fight. Yeah, they've been fighting. They, they know what they want to bring down Christianity, to, to outlaw the Bible. But victory has everything to do with who has the promises of God. Who's got the promises of God? Who's got and following the instruction manual of God? We are not to be intimidated by the enemy's strength and number, their strategies or wiles their weaponry, or their expertise. We're not to be intimidated by that. 
nor are we to imitate the world. You know, there's that old saying, it's not in the Bible, fight fire with fire. That's not what God says. He says, fight fire with the living water. It's much more productive to putting out the fire. You see, there is an inherent danger in every believer to be overly impressed with the enemy's size, with the enemy's strategies, with the enemy's weaponry, and with the enemy's expertise. To be intimidated. So first impressed, intimidated, or scared of the enemy's size, strategies, weaponry, and expertise. And finally, there's a danger as believers to imitate the enemy's size. Well, if we can just get a whole group together and we can go and we can march against this, if we can just get a group together, you know, it only takes two or three to bring the presence of the Lord. It only takes two or three agreeing as touching one thing to have that thing broken and bound in the name of Jesus or to have that thing loosed in the name of Jesus only takes two or three. Matthew 18, Jesus says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. And that's what we need. We need the presence of the Lord. So we're not to imitate the enemy's size. You know, sometimes we don't move out because we don't have enough people. We don't need the enemy's strategy. We don't want to use their plans. I know of a lot of ministries who bring in experts from Hollywood, from the Fortune 500 companies to say how to build a church, how to finance a church, how to, you know, how to win friends and manipulate people. That's not, that's not what we do. That's, we don't imitate their strategy. That's what you do. But I have a heavenly father who knows what I have need of, who's got his own strategy, and I just need to listen to him. We are not to imitate the enemy's weaponry. Well, they use chariots. Let's get some chariots of our own or their expertise. We're not professional fighters. We're not. We're a bunch of farmers who are just waiting to get our property. As believers, we need to guard against leaving the spiritual armament that God has given us. That he has given us for victory, that we may lay claim to the promises of God. We need to not leave these effective weapons for the armament of the flesh. God has given us a different way to fight. We do fight. We fight the good fight. But we do not fight as the world fights. As Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We do not war like those without a heavenly father. With those who do not have the captain of the Lord's army on their side. We do not fight like those who live in disobedience to God. Their weapons are lies. Their weapons are slander. Their weapons are anger. Their weapons are hatred. I mean, they literally get themselves all worked up. You know, 
coyotes will band together and literally get themselves worked up. I don't know if you've ever heard coyotes getting themselves worked up, but they start like, and there's this, it it sounds like a party going on with the coyotes. And you know that they're going, they're working themselves up to go after their prey. And it's just crazy. In Vista, when I used to live in Vista, a lot of people have peacocks. And they have peacocks because peacocks kill rattlesnakes. So people would um, move to rural Vista and they would get peacocks. But you know what coyotes love to eat? Peacocks. And so the coyotes, you would hear them start working themselves up. And then the next thing you would hear, I had a friend who moved to the country. She hated it. She lived there like three weeks. It was like, I can't take this. Because the coyotes would work themselves up. And the next thing you heard was a, a peacock screaming. It was not pleasant. But the world has to work itself up. You know, and they find each other and like, we hate, we hate, we hate. And you know, just reading some of the world's comments on Billy Graham. I'm, I'm, I'm like, Lord, how dare they do that? It's just, it's unnecessary. It, it's cruel. It's, it's barbaric. And they work themselves up with hatred. I remember a, a woman that I was counseling one time. I said to her, I believe you have a biblical right to everything you're doing. But your attitude and your hatred is going to eat you up and absolutely destroy you. I said, if you can do what you're doing in love and be empowered by love and grace, then I say, go forward. And she looked at me and she said, you don't understand. It's my hatred that makes me strong. And with my, my hatred, I can't do this. I said, you don't understand. It's your hatred that will kill you and destroy you. And she entered she ended up in a mental institution. I got a note from another friend saying, will you please go visit her? Hatred does not make you strong, but this is how the world fights. They fight with hatred. All you need to do is go on Facebook and you'll know how they fight with hatred and bullying. They fight with threats, which is bullying. They fight with intimidation, with a show of force, with strategies and plans and espionage, spying, hearing everything that the enemy is doing and saying. And if we just know their plans, they fight with weapons, with guns, with knives, with tanks, and they're practiced in the art of warfare. They're professional fighters. This is what they do. They go on Facebook and they fight and they fight and they lie and they slander and they fight and they fight. They go on the media and they fight. We as believers are called to fight, but we're called to the good fight. And we are to fight by using the spiritual weapons that God has given us. We fight by his word. We fight by faith in his word as we believe his word. We fight with his presence and with his favor towards us and with his instructions and by obedience to those instructions. And these weapons that he has given us are absolutely effective. Why does God withhold the other weapons from us? Why can't we lie? Because it's ineffective in the end. 
because in the end, it will lose the battle. You know, why can't, why can't we use swords? Because in the end, it will lose the battle. He has given us the most effective weapons. They are mighty and God knows how mighty they are. That's why the enemy wants to tell you that you're going to use that against me. Because inside he's cowering at the mighty weapons that God has given us. They are mighty and they pull down. They're 100% effective in pulling down strongholds. They cast down strategies and arguments. They take captive and they punish all disobedience. We see this in Joshua 11 in a physical form. What is the spiritual reality that the weapons that God has given us are mighty, are stronger, are better. You see, we just need to receive and understand how great our weaponry is how great the sword of the spirit is, how great the helmet of salvation is, how great the breastplate of righteousness is, how great the shield of faith, which is able to quench every fiery dart of the devil, how great our shoes are that are the gospel of Jesus Christ. All our weaponry is for going forward, forward, advancing, taking hold of the promises of God, taking the land for God. The problem is that we as Christians are often drawn to the instruments of the flesh. Why? Because they are so readily available. Yelling is just right there. But Cheryl, you can yell. Yell. I can yell. They're just right there. You know, I think back at Star Wars, where Luke is standing before the evil emperor. And, you know, there's that light, lightsaber. It's just right there. The emperor says, you want it, don't you? I can feel it in you. Take it, give in to the hatred, Luke. And Luke's like, Oh, I feel that so much. Cheryl, you could yell. (laughs) You know, Cheryl, you can lie. (laughs) It's so strong. And it's drawing me in. Why? Because it's right there. It's right here. It's right before me. I can grab it. I don't even have to pray about it. In fact, if I pray about it, I won't use it. It's just right there. It's so readily available. And it looks like so strong. I mean, it glows. It intimidates. I mean, you saw what he did before. It's right there. And it seems to have an immediate effect. I mean, think what it did with all those guys in the white outfits. Their heads, their limbs are just flying off. You know, it's just immediate I yell, everyone goes, hey, we're out of here. Just leave her alone. She's yelling. I scream, I cry. Everyone's like, it's get away from Cheryl Day. It has an immediate effect. 
But God is calling us to remove these weapons from the arsenal of our heart, to take them out, to make it so hatred is not an option. Anger is not an option. Yelling is not an option. Lying is not an option. Slander is not an option. We need to get them out of our heart. In fact, we need to hamstring them so that these things cannot be used to fight. We need to burn them completely so we can't go back to them. In Joshua 11, we see that the battle intensifies. We've got the kingdom of Hazor. Now, Hazor is the dominant king of Canaan. He's the one that all the other kingdoms look to and are intimidated by. He's the strongest. He's the one that rules them all. So when he calls the other kingdoms, the ones that are left, to fight against Israel, they all come together in a line. One huge federation, Jodab, king of Madon, then the king of Shimron, king Akshaf, the kings of the north, the kings of the mountain, the kings of the south plains, the kings of the lowland, the kings of the heights, the kings of the east and west and Canaan, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Hivites. They all answer the call from Hazar and they align together against Israel, all their armies, all the men of battle. These are soldiers and it's a great multitude. It can't even be counted. It can't even be counted. There's so many as far as any Israelite can see. All he sees is the enemy. Every place he looks, there's the enemy. And they're armed and they're aggressive. They're aligned and they're, they're angry. And they're ready to take Israel down and to kill them, to annihilate them. It reminds me not to keep using illustrations from movies, but in Lord of the Rings, when you see all those orcs, you know, as far as the eye can see, you know, I read the book and the book's not as terrifying as the movie, but when you see orc after orc and they are ugly, do we not agree? They're just like, and, and they're like gangly and there's so many of them. Every place you look, it's an orc. It's a lots of orcs. And they're angry and they're, they're beastly. They're, they're like sharks. They have, they have no other impulse but kill and eat. And that must have been what it was like for Israel as they look out. Here is this angry army that has only one aim. And that is to wipe out, to kill every single Israelite. Some things haven't changed, have they? And they gather together and they camp at Merom. They camp within sight of Israel. Part of their strategy is to just intimidate Israel. I was reading and don't ask me why. Well, I know why I read the article. I read the article so I could have something to talk with Brian about and really impress him. It was an article on the fight between George Foreman and Muhammad Ali. And Brian used to be a Golden Gloves boxer. So I thought, oh, I'm going to read this article. And then Brian will be so impressed that I know something about Muhammad Ali. 
and George Foreman, who are two of the boxing greatest. And they had this bout that they fought in Africa. George Foreman was the heavyweight champion. And Muhammad Ali had his title taken away because he refused to go to war in Vietnam. And so he had been kicked out of the boxing world for a while. So he hadn't been boxing. So now he's coming back. And right away, they put him in the ring with George Foreman, the heavyweight champion. So Muhammad Ali does this week of absolute intimidation where he walks by George Foreman's hotel every morning, walking to Tigers every morning. The Apostle Paul said that though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Often in the midst of a battle, there may be a temptation to fight as the world fights with anger and hatred. But as children of God, our Heavenly Father knows our needs, and as we listen, He will give us directions in His strategy. When we need to battle, He will arm us with His spiritual weapons and be our defense. As believers, we can fight the good fight and let God give us victory. If we try to fight the world's way with anger and hatred, we will only come to defeat. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at how we can be strong in battle as we continue our Possessing the Promises series in the book of Joshua with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.